0: Hello, and welcome to the special edition of the Ambition podcast, sponsored by Educational Testing Service, also known as ETS. I'm David Woods-Hale, Director of Marketing and Communications at Amber and BGA. In this episode, Jay Bryant, strategic advisor and liaison for ETS to the business schools in the Western and Midwestern US, will host a conversation on assessing behavioral strengths for business schools alongside Dr. Patrick Killinen, distinguished presidential appointee at ETS, and Paula Amarim, head of admissions at the ESA Business School in Barcelona, Spain. ETS helps advance quality and equity in education by providing fair and valid assessments, research and related services. Founded in 1947, ETS serves individuals, educational institutions and government agencies by providing assessment, research and policy studies that address the education challenges. ETS develops, administers and scores more than 50 million tests annually including the GRE general test, the TOEFL and TOEIC tests and the Praxis series assessments in more than 180 countries at over 9,000 locations worldwide. The GRE program helps business schools connect with over half a million prospective students from a wider range of backgrounds. And you can find out more at www.ets.org forward slash GRE forward slash business. So without further ado, I will hand over to Jay.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Jay Bryant. I am a strategic advisor for ETS i um, here to talk today about uh, some things in admissions and soft skills and non-cognitive uh, skills of individuals that are applying to business schools, how that plays into the admissions decisions, and, and some of the ways that ETS is looking to, um, to measure those. I'm joined today by Paula Amarim and Patrick Killinen. Uh, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves and uh, tell you a little bit more about themselves. So Paula, why don't you go first?
2: Hello, Jay. So thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Um, so I'm the head of admissions for the full-time MBA and the Mastery Managed for ESA Business School based in Barcelona. I'm also a graduate from uh, ESA, so I graduated in the MBA in the class of 2016, and I started working with the school straight from my graduation, so it's been four years. I was um, previously covering the Latin American market. I'm originally from Brazil, so I was based in the Sao Paulo campus, and I was uh, responsible for admissions, uh, but in Latin American, and in in the beginning of this year, I was appointed the, the new director, and I've been based in Barcelona since March, which is very synchronized with the Uh, lockdown here in Spain. So I think that my timing was very interesting, to say the least.
1: All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, I actually graduated from uh, the same school that I went to, one of the schools that I worked at, uh, Thunderbird School of Global Management a number of years ago. Uh, Same thing, finished my MBA and went to admissions there. So really interesting we have that in common. And Patrick, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Uh, Thanks, Jay. Uh, I'm Patrick Killinan, and I work in the research division at Educational Testing Service. And for the last um, about 20 years, I was directing the Center for Academic and Workforce uh, Readiness and Success. And uh, I've been at ETS for about for about 21 years.
1: All right. Excellent. Well, very good. Well, I look forward to our conversation here. And I'm going to gonna throw the first question out here to Paula. Uh, can you tell us about the importance of soft skills and the concept of holistic admissions in the admissions process at ESA?
2: We understand that this is, can be also a very subjective uh, concept, um, trying to assess soft skills. And Consider more than just the um, the more straightforward and objective uh, criteria in a person's profile, um, but this is something that for us it's very important because we try the most that we can to align um, or to have some sort of cultural fit, which is something that we um, uh, we use and we consider a lot during the admissions process uh, because we do want people that fit well in the essay culture, right? And to be honest, I think that the essay is one of the institutions, both from a company side and a a business school side. And as I can speak by being an alumni myself, um, it's a very strong culture, right? So teamwork, collaboration, um, ethical behavior, these are all concepts and values that are very important for us, right? We are mission-driven school, So we exist not only to um, form extremely successful business leaders, but we want these business leaders to have a positive impact in society. We have some um, ways to tackle uh, or to try to identify these soft skills. So we kind of know the skills that are necessary and to survive and to contribute at the ESA environment, right? And we somehow, we trust the subjectivity and the interpretation of um, uh, the admissions um, officers uh, to identify that in candidates, right? And again, we want, um, in that way, we want to preserve the ESA culture, but we're also looking for high potential candidates.
1: All right, excellent. Yeah, and... I've served as admissions director at two different schools. It sounds very familiar. I worked at Thunderbird School of Global Management and uh, the Rady School at uh, University of California, San Diego. Very different cultures, uh, very different things that we were looking for in our students and certain talents. Um, so absolutely, that uh, makes complete sense. You're looking for a good fit in a personality. Now, I, the, the next question I've got for you as an admissions director, man, we, we ask for so many things for uh, our applicants to send to us and uh, on the other end we're evaluating uh, but what what are the things that you're using right now to provide insight into behavioral or non-cognitive traits of of an applicant and what metrics have you used to to compare one applicant versus versus another in those in those terms
2: okay we place we put a lot of um, importance and relevance in the personal interactions that we have throughout the application process. So we have a very high touch admission process. And this is also one of the reasons why my team is spread around the world. So, and we have something that is very, I don't see a lot of um, schools doing, I do know some, but we have what we call the assessment day. And the assessment day is basically it's part of the application process. We don't make it mandatory, mandatory, because that would imply people traveling and we can't force people traveling from Peru to Sao Paulo, which is a five hour flight, although it's still in Latin America. We can't force them to come because maybe they have other commitments, maybe there's um, money um, um, aspects that would uh, forbid them to come, but we highly recommend them to, um, uh, to join because it's basically a group dynamic where we give and we all, we're always changing the activity that we're doing, but the idea is to have um, a different environment than just the stiffness of the um, the uh, the interview, right? Where you have kind of the typical um, a, a questions that you always ask a candidate, and you know, like an MBA applicants they. They can be very well-prepared. They can even cross a bit the line and be a bit robotic and not as genuine in the the answers. So the assessment day is try to uh, put the candidates and the applicants in a more natural environment, um, you know, so we can see the interactions, the interpersonal interactions. How would that person be in a team? How does does that person interact? How do they communicate? and you know, like if they really feel comfortable in that setting, right? Um, so that's um that's a special part of our um, of our admission process. That during the confinement, like the pandemic in general, this was something that we actually lacked because we had to cancel. We started by canceling the Singapore um, assessment day because it was in the beginning of February, and that was when uh, things were a bit complicated back in uh, in Asia. And coming to the end of the cycle, we kind of missed it, right? Because there's a lot of information and a lot of insights that we can get from different uh, candidates, be it negative or positive, right? Maybe there was a person that you were not that excited about. And then you see that person in a team setting and you see that that person really can, uh, she can be a good mediator. She can be a good uh, communicator. You know, she can really get the discussion going and and that for Yessi, again, because of the case method, because we're trying to create in our students the ability to work well in teams um, in a very diverse team. That's a, a piece of our admission process that is very important for us. And now we're in the moment of trying to understand how we can bring that to a virtual environment, right? If we're not going to have that many trips anymore, uh, you know, if the new norm is here to stay, how can we do it, right? So this is a very important part that we try to do the, get the soft skills and non-cognitive
1: all right. Well, it sounds like you've been really lucky to have a, a staff that is uh, spread out around the world that's that's doing this. Some some of us schools uh, did not get that. That I had more of that when I was at Thunderbird, not at UC San Diego, and trying to do these uh, assessments of non-cognitive skills. Uh, you know, I... I have been asked before, and i I like to ask my co- my colleagues you know what would be the ideal way to do it and the, the answer I've typically heard is very similar to what you're talking about spend time with them a great part of that application is not the things they're turning in it's the interaction now i want to I want to turn over to uh, to Patrick real quick um, and talk. Uh, talk with you a little bit about what you have found in terms of behavioral strengths. How would ETS define these, and what are some examples that stand out to you uh, through your studies that are important to business schools? Thanks, Jay,
3: and it was very interesting to listen to uh, Paula talk about some of the things that she was looking at um, because it aligns with the kinds of findings we've had, and the kinds of um, behavioral strengths we're looking at. We define behavioral strengths as the personal attributes important for success in school, uh, success in business school, in particular for this context. And it does include social skills and interpersonal skills, teamwork, collaboration, some of the skills that Paula mentioned. But we also look at other behavioral strengths such as persistence and hard work, uh, stick-to-itiveness, being organized, being responsible, And uh, we found that all of those are important for success in business school. We also look at um, the degree to which a student might display intellectual curiosity, uh, also be willing to adapt uh, and interested in learning. And those are qualities that are important for success in business school as well.
1: Absolutely. Very good. Um, so your, your research has outlined various methods for measuring behavioral strengths, and you found that soft skills measured um, administered during admissions add substantially to the prediction of business school outcomes. Can you share a little bit about the research that you've done uh, regarding these skills and how they connect to the outcomes?
3: Yeah, um, well, let me just step back a little bit, Jay. Uh, for the last 20 years or so, we looked at academic and workforce um, readiness and success. That was the name of the center. That's what uh, we focused on. Our mission was to identify behavioral strengths, behavioral strengths, and also to focus on different ways of measuring them. So the kinds of behavioral strengths we identified were the ones I just mentioned in the areas areas of working hard and being organized and social skills, collaborative skills, and also intellectual curiosity and so forth. And then uh, with respect to ways to measure them, we looked at both traditional and novel ways. Uh, Traditional uh, approaches would include um, self ratings, ratings by others. Also, um, Paula mentioned essays. That's certainly a traditional approach for getting at some of these skills. Uh, interviews, a lot of schools do interviews, uh, a lot of schools rely on letters of recommendation, and uh and then other kinds of personal statements besides essays. And we also looked at some of the novel methods, and those included situational judgment tests, behaviorally anchored rating scales, uh, implicit association tests, measures of creativity. Um and a variety of other measures. There, for twenty years, we looked at these various approaches, and there really probably isn't uh, much that we didn't evaluate in some form or another. Uh, we looked at applications in higher education, K twelve, and the workforce. So we looked at all areas in which these assessments might be used. And one of the, one of the um, one of the findings was that one of the factors that differentiated assessments is their expense. Um, so as you, you put a question to Paula, which was something in effect, you know, if you didn't have any constraints on time or money, what would you do? And, um, and I think that uh, this is a, this is a major factor. So if we all had time to do interviews and assessment centers and um, assessment days, then that's one kind of approach uh, that, might lead to one form of assessment. But uh, often uh, school has a need to look at a lot of candidates and so they don't have the time to, uh, to, to to devote that much assessment time to each one of them. And so that's a factor that might differ in different, uh, different departments. You also asked about, uh, in the other part of your question, Um, What we've done, I can't, you said something about the degree to which we looked at uh, how well these measures work. Uh, And what I can say there is that um, traditionally, and especially in the U.S. uh, business school approach, you look at uh, the GRE general test and other admissions tests. And along with that, you look at undergraduate GPA. And uh, what we found is that those, for the most part, provide pretty good uh, predictions of student success. And then we added uh, behavioral strengths to those measures and we found that that provided an even better prediction of student success. Uh, And in addition to that, uh, such measures provide better predictions of outcomes other than the traditional success outcomes, such as grades. A lot of schools are interested in other outcomes, such as leadership and volunteer activities and contributions to the uh, graduate school community. And so these uh, behavioral methods, behavioral measures provide uh, predictions of those outcomes as well as predictions of grades. And I should mention that we find smaller subgroup differences using these behavioral methods compared to the subgroup differences we typically might find with um, admissions tests. So that's another uh, feature of those kinds of measures.
1: All right. And can you tell us a little bit about what ETS is doing behind the scenes? Uh, working, What are we working on that will help uh, really build the business school admissions committees uh, uh, to evaluate their candidates? What tools well, might
3: Yeah, that's a great question, Jay. What We've developed a number of measures. Um, As I mentioned, we've explored all kinds of different approaches. One that we're using right now in a major um, study at uh, at a major university, a major business school in the United States is uh, using the FACETS assessment. And the FACETS assessment, is one in which we measure a number of different dimensions and again, again, or behavioral strengths. Again, these are the um, social skills and collaborative skills along with persistence and responsibility, uh, intellectual curiosity and so forth. We measure about 15 of those behavioral strengths. And we do it through the use of having people uh, select uh, statements from a set of pairs. So we provide a pair such as, and we ask students or applicants, which statement in the pair better reflects their strength. a pair might be something like, I work hard versus I work well with others. And each statement in the pair is uh, similar in the degree to which they represent desirable qualities. So we put these desirable qualities next to each other, have students self-assess, choose one of them. And uh, we give them about 120 pairs like this. And through their selection of, of statements in these pairs administered, we get a profile of their behavioral strengths along these 15 different factors. We find that these uh, this administration of um, statement pairs is, is um, overcomes the bias that we might find if we just ask them to rate themselves on each of these pairs. We also find that students enjoy this, this kind of an assessment. Uh, we, they, they tell us it gives them, them an opportunity to present a better picture of themselves than they might be presenting just based on prior undergraduate GPA and uh, admissions test scores.
1: Uh, Patrick, I've just got one more question for you. One very, uh, one last one. She mentioned here how trainable or uh, is it possible for this individual to grow in these areas? So beyond the admissions office, uh, how can this information be used to support business school students once they begin their studies? What do you foresee that schools can do with this information to do anything about it?
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a very good question, Jay. And going to Paula's answer, that's exactly what we found when we talked to, uh, admissions, different admissions departments was that, uh, there certainly is a role, potential role in some schools for admissions. Uh, and then, but in addition, there is a role for student development and the student development application looks like uh, you administer the assessment, students get a sense for their strengths and weaknesses, and they might take opportunities to think about how to capitalize on their strengths, maybe in career decision making, maybe in thinking about where they're going to go next or what they want to uh, pursue. But they also might think about strategies for addressing what might be uh, their weaknesses, and that might be that might uh, involve getting their um, their advisor to work with them develop to work on some of these weaknesses. it might involve taking extra courses to address some of these areas of weakness and a variety of different strategies but certainly those are uh, two of the applications admissions and student development there's one more which is more aligned with an institutional objective which is which is to get a sense for how the institution is doing uh, with respect to the students. That is, uh, get a uh, profile of the students uh, along these key dimensions, such as collaboration, teamwork, um, grit as uh, Paula said, and uh, some of these other factors, and then look at where they begin and where they end and look at the value out of the school in improving students along those dimensions.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, our time is is really short here. These uh, conversations, I know that I could easily speak for probably two or three days at a conference about this sort of stuff. And uh, along the way in my career, I'm sure I have. Um, But thank you for joining us. Are there any last things that either of you would uh, like to say in summary of, of what we spoke about today? Paula, do you have anything to add?
2: Um, I think that here um, it ties back a little bit on what you had said in the beginning, Jay, on when you were working in different schools and you can see how each school um, prioritizes soft skills in different ways, right? Or certain skills. So I think that um, from a business school perspective, it's important to understand what are the soft skills that are really important uh, for them and try to identify people that have already an inclination towards those skills Um, and then again to what Patrick was saying trying to develop even more those skills in in the students right throughout the MBA experience or the master's experience. So I think that um, having clarity on what you are looking for in a candidate and what you want to develop in the student from a, a soft skills perspective is very important.
1: All right Patrick any
3: closing words from you? Yeah, I just want to um, restate that there's just been an explosion of research in soft skills documenting their importance in school and business school and life generally. And uh, we've known this for a long time, but the case now is very clear. What's held us back in the past is a shortage of methods and tools that we might use for assessing these skills. But we've made a lot of progress in that as well. And so I think that now is the time to start um, taking advantage of some of these tools, such as the one Paula has talked about and developed some of the ones that we've de- developed here. And uh, and this is going to allow admissions uh, groups to make better decisions about uh, students and also to um, get uh, students to be able to be in a better position to develop these skills.
1: All right, very good. Well, in closing, I'll just say, uh, anybody out there that's uh, listening to this podcast, feel free to connect with us back at ETS. Um, we are happy to discuss the research we've got going on, uh, what we see that we might be able to provide to, uh, to schools in the future, uh, the different assessments for admissions and uh, within the program and beyond. Um, so please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we'll connect you with someone who uh, can spend a little bit more time and answer the very specific questions that you have. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, to the future. Looks like we've got some really great stuff in the pipeline. And uh, thank you, uh, Patrick, and thank you, Paula, for joining us today. And I wish you both the, uh, the, the best in the
0: future as this all comes together for us. Well, thank you once again to Jay, Patrick and Paula for their thoughts, as well as our partner ETS for sponsoring this podcast episode. As I said at the start, you can find out much more about ETS at www.ets.org forward slash GRE forward slash business.